Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks, so much going on with free agency in both the NBA and NHL, but we have the fourth golf major on hand, the British Open over at St. Andrew's Golf Course over in Scotland. Basically, here we go. We've got tea time in a couple of hours, so let's get right down to it. This is an interesting one because usually I'm still checking weather reports and, you know, I keep waiting for the uh, the news to drop that the weather is going to be good, bad. And it's been pretty much non-existent, like, in terms of the weather. And, of course, it sounds like I'm going to jinx myself when the, uh, the tea times actually come and things get crazy. But, you know, it it seems as though... It seems as though we might have a slight advantage, but it's like, again, I don't know. It it just doesn't seem like there's a a massive uh, change in the weather patterns outside of maybe get some rain on Thursday. You know, I I, got to check to see if there's going to be wind because uh, usually when it comes down to the British Open, we have wind that plays a factor, and then it starts impacting, you know, the guys we want to play. So, like, a Shane Lowry is a guy you want to play and win. A Gary Woodland, you want to play and win windy events. If we get mild weather and it's just rain with no wind, this becomes a putting contest because here, here's the long and short of it for the British Open. The course itself is a little over 7,300 yards, and there's only two par threes and two par fives on the course. That means you got 14 par fours, and most of the par fours play under 400 yards. So if there's no wind, the bombers are going to go off the tee and hit it as hard as they can. Bryson DeChambeau is going to crank it. He's just gonna he's just gonna uh, bust out 
and I and just go for pins. And they could say they're going to move around the pins uh, to make it harder for guys to just blast the ball off the tee. But realistically, there's only so much you can do if guys are have the equipment to get the ball further out when you're uh, and they're driving it 300 yards. So they they are going to find ways around uh, navigating the golf course. So you know. You've got half, almost half the par fours are under 400 yards. So I, I I could see, you know, the RNA has been tinkering with the golf course. They've pushed all the live guys back into random tee times to make it harder for them to get uh, catch the AM wave. So if you're looking to play... Uh, if you're looking to play Bryson, he's going to be pl- going late in, into uh, the uh, the day. Uh, actually, I think he's actually no, I, I got that wrong. Bryson's early. Uh, he's later on day two. Uh, in terms of some of the earliest tee times, we actually have. It's going to be uh, Tiger. Tiger basically got. The uh, he's going to be starting off very early, and you know part of it is the fact that Tiger wanted the earlier tee time so he can at least get his body in a better frame uh, to kind of get going. Yeah, so Tiger's late. Uh, so Tiger's early because of the time. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the time zones and I'm thinking it in. Uh, U.S. time when they're five hours ahead. Tiger's actually teeing off early. Bry- uh, I was correct the first time around. Bryson's teeing off later. Um, but the way it works is Tiger's going to go early, and then he's going to uh, still end up being early day two. Like, for those of you who want to play Tiger Woods, I don't like the bet of Tiger winning outright. I'm, I'm just going to get that out of the way. The craziest bet, though, if you want to bet on Tiger, there is a head-to-head bet of Tiger Woods versus Ryan Fox at plus 166, and maybe it's still up there on FanDuel. And some of you are going to be asking yourselves, who the hell is Ryan Fox? Ryan Fox is a pro on the European tour that... Truth be told, it's not a major winner. Like, yeah, he's won a couple of events, but it's not as though he's like a tearing it up on the Euro Tour that like he's this major force threat. This is kind of an insult to Tiger. This this is Tiger Woods. Yes, is this the Tiger of old where he's going to be favored against the entire field at a major? Absolutely not. But Tiger at St. Andrews owns this golf course. In his prime, Tiger, even with this field, would be even money versus the field if this was Tiger in his prime. So just to give you an idea of how ridiculous it is, you can get plus money on Tiger versus a guy on the Euro Tour. That's the bet I would be making, not betting on Tiger to win uh, the tournament. Now, do I think Ryan Fox can play well at this tournament? Yes, but... 
Ryan Fox minus 210 against Tiger head-to-head? There's a chance Ryan Fox doesn't even make the cut. So if I can just get uh, <laughs> uh, Tiger to make the cut, he's going to win the bet against Ryan Fox. And the truth be told, the odds of Tiger making a cut, uh, looking, at the, uh, l- looking at the sports book, Tiger is minus 165 to make the cut. So what I'm saying here is you've got Tiger at minus 165. And you can take Tiger as a dog against Ryan Fox at plus 160, uh, 166 on FanDuel at the moment. And even if you want to do a, a make-the-cut parlay on DraftKings, you can get Tiger, Rory, Justin Thomas, and John Rahm all to make the cut at plus 135. So, again, if you want to play the favorites and throw Tiger into the mix, yeah, that's doable. That's doable. Or you can get really, this is a goofy one because I don't I don't like Brooks at all, but the other make-the-cut parlay uh, I see with Tiger on DraftKings is Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, and Tiger. That's plus 240. Issue is, I'm not a big fan of Brooks at the open here, and Cantlay, I'm not entirely sold on Cantlay if this becomes a birdie fest, but it's possible. It's possible, but I, I think you're enticing way more risk with that one, and that's why the odds are uh, sort of spread out as being a dog there, as opposed to just uh, plus 135 for Woods, McElroy, Thomas, and Rom. So, you know, food for thought there if you guys are looking to bet Tiger. I'm just not jumping at the uh, chance of, of playing Tiger. that That's just me in general um, yeah, kind of going it in that route. It's just, you know, I, I think there are too many variables given the leg uh, in the situation. All it takes is one bad step, and Tiger could be doubtful to a continued tournament. Uh, so that's why I just, you know, I kind of need to see Tiger play through an entire tournament before I feel really good about putting decent money on a bet uh, with him because the odds realistically are still tilted on him playing extremely well. And, you know, people are looking at the course history and I get that. Uh, but I, I really want to see wider odds as a dog to really get on board with uh, betting on tiger and uh, prop situations. But the head head against Ryan Fox, I, I just saw that one. Out. I said, Ryan Fox has a chance of missing the cut and it's not a shocker. And I like Ryan Fox, but, you know, it's not like he's a top 20 lock this week so uh, or a, a heavy favorite to make top 20. So, it, you know, you can definitely uh, take a shot against uh, head-to-head that Tiger beats out Ryan Fox this week. So um, I, I just want wider odds uh, in general when doing Tiger Woods bets uh, more than anything else. But that was the one that actually stood out to me as, yeah, that's definitely doable. All right, so if we're just talking about the outright winners, obviously we're going to start with Roy McIlroy. Uh, best form coming into the tournament out of all the major players. 9-1 to to actually win the Open outright. Obviously not really great odds, to be honest. Uh, Xander Shoffley, uh, two event wins. Uh, <laughs> now we're talking about Xander being hot. It's like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like uh, for, like, you... Since the Olympics, Xander was basically 
a mediocre golfer by, by and large. It was, it's not even like he was doing that. Uh, like he was a top 30 golfer when he really has the talent to be a top 10 golfer. Uh, so that's it's mediocre by his standards. And all of a sudden he wins two tournaments uh, with the Travelers. And uh, yeah, it's just he's back on track. And, you know, fans are ready to ride him. And it's one of those where it's just like, you know, he has the talent. Uh, 12 to 1. Could he win, uh, win on a link style course like this? Absolutely. Scotty Scheffler has cooled off a bit lately, uh, but, you know, definitely going to be playing them in DFS lineups. 14 to 1 for Scheffler. Now I'm slightly more interested in, in taking a bet there than I would at uh, Justin Thomas at 16 to 1. Uh, I think Scotty is still in better form than che- uh, is in better form than JT. Uh, and talent-wise, yeah, I, I actually like Scotty's odds of winning uh, the Open more than JT. Uh, speed, this is the wild card. 16-1, you could get a birdie fest, but it depends on if... Because uh, uh, you it, basically the, the, the whole thing was you didn't know where speed was going to drive the ball. All of a sudden, Spieth has bounced back the last six months, been able to drive the ball, but the putter has kind of gone uh, 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 by the wayside. If he puts it together, he's the overall favorite uh, to win this style, of course, at St. Andrews. It just fits the model of what you would expect for a Jordan Spieth course where he can drive it, he can get around uh, his foibles off the fairway uh, by scrambling, and he can putt. Like, that's what you're looking for. Typically, when you're trying to get uh, Jordan Spieth at a major, you want a course where it's not too long for him. So if he screws up off the drive, it's not the end of the world. It's kind of interesting. 16 to 1, that is actually enticing to me in general for Spieth to win it all. John Rahm's also at 16 to 1, but. Rom again. The putter hasn't been good. The uh, the drive has not been where it has been in the past. The iron play is still there, obviously, but the uh, drive off the tee, the, not really that strong. And you know the putter has been suspect with Rom all year long. And you know I've been playing Rom at every major, and it hasn't worked out because he the putter just isn't there and. I just look at the uh, where things are shaping up. You kind of need Rom in a better space. Not that I'm itching to play Cam Smith at twenty to one or Matthew Fitzpatrick at eighteen to one because I know Rom's more talented than either one of those guys. But his form just isn't there, and those guys have slightly better form. I just don't think their numbers are wide enough to get me to not. Uh, rather place uh, place a bet on uh, Rom himself when I can get him uh, just the the number like there's just not enough separation at the number uh, to make it worthwhile. DFS that's a different story. Um, just because of, of the pricing structure the, uh, on uh, DraftKings uh, DraftKings in general, it makes it makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. But you know. The outright that I absolutely cannot fathom is Shane Lowry at twenty-two to one. I don't get I don't get it because yes, it's also the fact that uh, you know 
Shane Lowry has won the Open before, but realistically, this is not the type of venue. If the weather is not that bad, I probably am gonna try to just fade Shane Lowry outright. Like I'm, I'm literally waiting until tea time because I expect this weather to shift and show that it's gonna be bad. If this turns into a birdie fest, Shane Lowry is not gonna be able to keep up with most guys. That's just the way I'm looking at this. So I definitely don't want to bet Shane Lowry outright, but from like, if, if I want like a Shane Lowry, uh, top 20 finish. Yeah. Like, cause I can get Shane Lowry at about plus 200 and yeah, I'm good with Shane Lowry in my top 20 range. I don't like him as my outright. Eh, like, you know, it, it, it to me it just doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, take it to Shane Lowry, where I actually no, it, it I said plus two hundred. I, I was I meant plus uh uh, uh plus one forty. Uh, sorry, um, but it's just one of those where yeah yeah actually now it's down to plus one thirty. But it's just one of those where I I just don't. I don't see the value in taking Shane Lowry at a, a twenty-two to one. Like you know, yeah, I, yeah. Could you bet the one hundred to make over two grand if you went? But it's just that's this is not this is not trending in the right direction of what Shane Lowry needs for a win condition. Shane Lowry needs crappy weather conditions and a low-scoring event to win a British Open. that That's really what it, this comes down to. This is, right now, thing, the way things are trending, it's just not not in the, in the best spot. So, who are the long shots that you can uh, look at? I would say Webb Simpson has good course history in general, and this, if it favors the birdie fest, that's more in the venue of a Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson is 160 to 1 to win the Open. You also have Robert McIntyre at 130 to 1 uh, to win it all. Those are the type of long shot plays where, again, off the tee, doesn't matter. It comes down to putting. Those are the kind of guys I kind of want that are off the beaten track in terms of guys who can get off to a good start. And as the weather and the greens get uh, firmer, and the ball starts rolling faster, like, if they get out to a hot start, and they they can just kind of coast through the weekend, those are the kind of guys I'd be looking at uh, that are not household... I mean, Webb is technically a household name, but he, he hasn't been hot for a while now in terms of the betting streets. But those are the guys off the beaten track in terms of outrights that you could dabble on and it's not the craziest thing in the world um, if you see them in the mix uh, come uh, moving day on Saturday. All right, so other guys in the uh, ranges that I would pick for top 20 finishes. Will Zalatoris, plus 160. Keith Mitchell, plus 250. Uh, the aforementioned Ryan Fox, plus 250 for a top 20 finish. I already told you. Ryan Fox is, uh, you know, was favored on FanDuel against Tiger. 
Favored against Tiger. And meanwhile, for a top 20 finish, you've got Ryan Fox plus 250, whereas Tiger is plus 225 on DraftKings. Meanwhile, on FanDuel, Ryan Fox is minus 210 against Tiger. Like, you see the price discrepancies across the book. So that's what I'm saying. That's really an even matchup. If you want to bet on Tiger, you can bet him head-to-head against Ryan Fox. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but Ryan Fox, uh, plus 250 for a top 20 finish. And, again, I like Ryan Fox. But this is just talking about odds and just, like, kind of working with the math. I think Tiger has a chance to make top 20. Fit. Like, it makes sense for Tiger to finish top 20. It just matters on how the leg holds up. But an outright head-to-head against Ryan Fox? Not the craziest thing in the world to bet Tiger. Uh, and then Tony Finau, plus 175 for a top 20 finish. I like Tony for DFS. I'll be playing uh, quite a bit of him. Uh, if the weather holds up, uh, like the way it's trending, you know, this is an interesting dynamic where from a roster construction standpoint, the way I keep hinging on this comes down to how the weather is holding up. And with not having a tremendous edge one way or another in terms of the weather, and even as I'm recording this tonight, we still don't know if there's going to be significant change by the time tee-off happens early Thursday morning, you know, from my standpoint, the way I'm going about this is I am basically looking at uh, a couple of guys up top. Primarily, the way I'm looking for my roster construction, Rory at 11,100 makes sense. Xander at 9,900 makes sense. You can, you can mix and match with other guys. It makes, it makes sense starting off with those two, because here's the thing. You got a bunch of cheap guys at lower ranges that can make the roster construction work. The Ryan Fox, I mentioned who's, who's 81 odds to win it outright, but plus 250 to make a top 20 finish. I mean, here's the thing. 25 to want to make a top 20 finish. And he's 7,100 on DraftKings. He is that cheap. Seamus Power, 7,400 on DraftKings. 65 to 1 odds to win outright. It's hard not to play Seamus Power or Ryan Fox. Seamus Power might be my highest stone golfer this week. He's played well at all three majors. It's not as though he's been in the mix to win, but he's been in that top 20 range. So if I can get him at 7,400, I can easily fit in a couple of guys like Ryan Fox. Yes, will they get ownership? Absolutely. But I don't necessarily have to go balance the rest of the way through I can squeeze in one more cheap guy and I'm looking at Kevin Kisner 201 but if the weather holds and it's just 
looking as though the weather is going to work out. Fingers crossed. This works in the situation where you can get uh, a Kevin Kistler who doesn't hit it long off the tee, but can putt with the best of them. Good iron play. He should do well on this course. As long as the weather holds up. And, you know, from what the information we have, it makes sense uh, uh, playing a good bit of Kevin Kisner this week. So I'm leaning in that direction. And the way I see things working out, from my perspective, is by having you leave a construction wide open where you can slide in a Webb Simpson and... You know, that's a pretty healthy roster. And, you know, that's not necessarily going to win a tournament. But I think it keeps you very viable for any cash games you may be playing or finish in the top third. Like, those are the kind of builds where you look at it and, yeah, could you save some money and play Tiger? Tiger's going to be higher owned than Webb Simpson by far. Tiger's going to be higher on than Webb Simpson. So what I'm telling you is you can get a little bit different. Is Ryan Fox going to be that popular amongst casual golf fans? No. DFS community, yeah, he's going to be very popular. But the ownership may not be as high as people expect. Kevin Kisner, definitely not going to be owned. If people overlook guys like Kevin Kisner or Brian Harmon, I like Kisner's fit for this course more than Harmon, but it's not the craziest thing in the world to be playing uh, a Harmon either. But that's where I kind of look at uh, these builds where you can get a little bit different and it's not the craziest thing in the world. So from my perspective, that's where I would be leaning from a DFS construction standpoint. It's not the craziest thing in the world. I don't think it's a world beater by any stretch, but I think it keeps you well within striking distance of uh, being unique uh, for uh, competing in cash games as well as tournaments. Uh, I think it gives you a nice floor and guys who can be relatively uh, good in all phases of the game. So those are the directions I would be leaning towards. Now, the guys that I think you still have to keep an eye out for, Taylor Gooch. A lot been talked about with the live golf guys, but Taylor Gooch is still an extremely talented young golfer that, again, he got the bag with live, but these are the opportunities that he can take a shot at a major, shoot a low score. It's not a big course. He's got the driving uh, accuracy to get it done. The putter, he's been pretty good. I, I, uh, you know, Taylor Gooch is one of those dark horse uh, uh, candidates that you got to think about. Corey Connors hasn't been as strong as he was last year, but again, great iron play, driving off the tee. The putter is an issue, but if you can move, uh, move the ball, I like a Corey Connors more than I would a Bryson DeChambeau. If Bryson was as accurate. Uh, it's it's one of the issues that I would 
say, you know, you're going to get folks that are going to play uh, Brooks Kepka. you got to get people to play Bryson. I would still play Bryson over Brooks because I don't think this course fits Brooks's. Brooks needs incredibly difficult golf courses. I don't think this plays incredibly difficult. I, I just don't think this uh, this is the way to go uh, with Brooks Kepka. So to me, I would just say you can play Bryson. You can play a Corey Connors to get a little bit off the beaten track. Cam Smith, absolutely. Uh, you know, I don't like him as an outright, but I think he's in the mix from a DFS standpoint to get a little bit different at 9,500. You know, Shane Lowry, I'm monitoring the weather. I may end up having to pivot uh, some of my shares off of Shane Lowry if this weather holds because, yeah, I want to have some differential lineups in case the weather gets bad, but it's not the craziest thing in the world um, to lower your ownership of Shane Lowry if you got more than 10% of them if this weather is still showing as uh, to be pretty favorable because Shane Lowry is not the guy you want to have in a birdie competition. But if you want to have that what-if scenario of the weather turns on a dime, which it absolutely can over the course of the week, yeah, I want Shane Lowry still in my player pool because I know those lineups should be in pretty good shape. So I guess in terms of a couple of other guys I'd be looking at, Joaquin Neiman, 8K on DraftKings. I, you know, it's just one of those things where Neiman is never a guy you want if you're planning on winning a tournament, but he won't necessarily kill you in the GPP either. So it works from a cash game perspective. Uh, Tournament-wise, that's where you you have to like kind of make your choice of how aggressive do you want to play it. If you're playing in a Millie Maker-type tournament, Joaquin Neiman is not a guy I would be even considering rostering. If you're playing a smaller field contest of less than... 500 people, yeah, absolutely, you can play Neiman. It's just when you start getting into contest sizes where you're over 1,000 people, 5,000, and, of course, with the Millie Makers, you're competing against hundreds of thousands of lineups, Neiman's not going to get it there for you. But from a smaller field perspective, yeah, I have no problem with Joaquin Neiman. Uh, The guys that, again, I look at and I kind of question... Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, the neck issue, uh, even though with the 51 odds, like I'm just not feeling Matsuyama. Victor Hovland, awful form. No chance I'm playing Victor Hovland. I would rather play Dustin Johnson. And even then, DJ, you know, with the live tour situation, I'm, <clears throat> I'm still not in love with playing DJ until he shows it at another major again. But I, I'd rather play DJ than I play Hovland this week. Uh, the whole club thing last week, it just it looked like a mess. Uh, the form hasn't been great either. Even at the majors, the performances haven't even been that good. I know Hovland's not going to be really owned, but Hovland is a guy that I would rather just play in a showdown format where I just need him to play well for one round rather than a major where I need him there for all four rounds. I, I just don't trust Hovland's game right now to be consistent to play all four rounds. So it just makes more sense to take him for a showdown uh, contest uh, for Mr. Hovland. Now, guys that are going to be popular 
Sunjay M, uh, sixty-five to one should get decent ownership. Not necessarily feeling it. Louis Ustason, I will have a a smidge of Louis. I don't feel great about it, but he does have decent record here. Um, Terrell Hatton, great course history, massive tilter. Don't watch him if you like your sanity because basically he's just gonna com- he's just gonna complain all day long. He may get there, he may not, but his course history leans towards he's gonna get there. It's just the process of watching him play is just gonna infuriate you because he's just constantly on edge. So I, it's just not a good watch, but I will have some of him in my player pool just because talent wise. He can get it done, and he's done it in the past. The form hasn't been the best, but skill-wise, nothing has changed here that would lead me to say he can't have another top-five finish um, again at St. Andrews. So I'll I'll definitely have Terrell Hatton. Tommy Fleetwood, getting popular. I'm staying off of Fleetwood if he's popular. It's just the way it goes. When Tommy Fleetwood's popular, I'll just go... I would just rather play Finau if Fleetwood's going to be popular. He's uh, uh, is the better player anyway. Uh, they have the same 35 to one odds from Vegas, but I would just rather play Tony Finau being the better player um, if they're both going to get popular ownership. That's just the way I look at it. And uh, Finau is two hundred dollars less than Fleetwood, so salary doesn't matter in that situation. So. That about does it. Like in terms of the seven K range, I told you. Like I'm looking at Webb Simpson at seventy six hundred. Tiger, I know is going to get ownership just because he's Tiger. The casuals will, uh, fans will play Tiger regardless. I just have concerns about him holding up for four days, so I'm just not going there from a DFS standpoint. I get the betting on him to make the cut. I get the bet on him against Ryan Fox. I get it, but. From a DFS standpoint, where I need him to perform all four days, I just can't get there. Seamus Power may be my highest owned golfer of the entire uh, tournament just because the price tag and the game fits uh, the golf course. I I just think Power's an excellent play, and it's just a complete misprice. So um, no matter how popular he gets, I'm going to be overweight on the field with Seamus Power, and you know that's just the way I'll, I'll go about it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at in terms of my strategy. Again, uh, this is the best I can do, uh, for her. We get a tea time. So I'm going to leave it off here, but best of luck to everyone with, uh, the tournaments, whatever bet you're making DFS, uh, we got a Millie maker on DraftKings, So $25 entry, um, that is, Oh, actually it just filled. So hopefully you guys got in earlier, uh, today so um but yeah that's gonna do it for me i'm gonna get on out of here but best of luck everyone and until next time have a good one thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast be sure to like and subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, google podcasts and all other major outlets
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.